0: Would you turn to uh, 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, please? We've been on a series for a few weeks now. We'll want to continue. And this has been our text. 1 Timothy, chapter 6 and verse 10. He said, For the love of money is the root of all evil." Or as several translations say, all kinds of evil. What is the root of all evil, all kinds of evil? Money? Money? No. No. Not money. What? The love of money. Have you ever heard somebody misquote that though? And say money is the root of all evil. No, the Bible never said that. Money is not the root of all evil. Love of money is the problem. And, uh, you know, think about it like this. Could you love money and not have money? Oh, yeah. Some of the most covetous people around are poor people, broke people. Well, on the other hand, could you have money but not love it? Yeah, sure you could. Could you have a lot of stuff, a lot of money, but it not mean that much to you? Absolutely. So it's not the money, it's not the stuff, it's not having it, or not having it, that's the issue. It's what? Loving it. The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. And pierce themselves through with many sorrows, he said, "Loving money will take you away from the faith. it'll take you away from God it'll take you away from the things of God. You know, Phyllis, and I over the past several years, we have seen some good people do some of the dumbest things. <laughs> Over money and covetousness. He said, "Which, while some coveted after, covetousness is the issue, and covetousness is widespread. It'd be hard to find a person in this room that has not coveted. Be hard to find a person." above the age of understanding, anywhere, that has not coveted. People are coveting all the time, but they're not calling it that, and they're not acknowledging that they are. The issue is not the money, it's not the watch, it's not the car, it's not the house. Tell me what the issue is. Loving it. Is loving it a problem? Yes, oh, man. Ooh. And we're not just talking about outsiders now. We're talking about Christians, preachers, Christians, people of God. It is a major problem. What is covetousness? If you look up the words, you'll find covetous, the archaic definition, literally means fond of silver. Fond of silver. Or the word fond sometimes was used uh, interchangeably with what we'd call love. Loving silver or loving money. We don't just have metal today. We've got other things, but you get the idea. Another definition of covet means to stretch for, to reach for, to long for. So coveting means you long for something and you love it. You long for it. Now it's okay to have money, to have things. It's okay to use money, to use them. It's okay to give money and give things and bless people. It is not okay to love it. And we've talked about this before. And I think sometimes people thought I was just kind of joking. But I'm not joking. You don't need to be joking about it. Don't say you love stuff. Change your vocabulary. Don't say I love cars. I love uh, pretty jewelry. I love my house. I love my boat. Don't say it. This is an awe. You know, people know what I mean. Do you know what you mean? (laughs) It's not okay. The problem is, maybe you do. And you're not supposed to. Maybe you do love it. Many, many people do. And it's not okay. We need to change it. It's okay to have it. It's okay to use it. It's okay to enjoy it. It's not okay to love it. Everybody said out loud, I love God, I love people, I love his word, I love his church, I love the gospel, I love the truth, I don't love money, I don't love things. Watch yourself, watch what comes out of your mouth. You catch yourself at any time saying, I love this, I love that. Talking about a thing, talking about my, change it. Straighten it up right there in the middle go, oh, no, I didn't mean to say that. No, no, I enjoy it. <laughs> I use it. I don't love it. I don't love it. Now, another way to help define covetousness is this. Hebrews 13 says it like this in 13.5, Let your conversation, or that word means your way of life, be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many know if you've got him, you've got what matters. And if you've got him, then everything that's worth anything is in Him. Not only that, but He can give you all the stuff too. If you got Him, you got the source, and you should be content if you got Him. Doesn't mean you can't believe for something. Doesn't mean you can't have your vision list. Don't mean you can't sow. But here's the problem: another the definition for content, the literal definition, is satisfied. If you can't be satisfied without the car, then you're covetous. If you can't be satisfied until you get the house, then you're covetous. You're supposed to be happy right now. <laughs> right? You're supposed to be satisfied. Doesn't mean you can't believe for something. But you can't be to the place where you're longing for it. You're pining for it. You just can't be happy. You just can't be satisfied until you get it. Well, when you get it, you're not going to be happy either. I know I heard a fellow one time years ago. He he got a brand new Porsche Turbo. That, you know, the $100,000 plus one. And somebody was asking, He said, man, what's the greatest thing about getting that car? He said, the day before I got it. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, the day after he got it, he found out it's a car. <laughs> and the month after he got it, it gets dirty like any other car, right? The tires wire out like any other car. And it won't make you somebody else. And it won't change your life. It's a car. See, people are thinking, well, if I had that house, I'd have a different life. Well, no, when you moved in it, you'd be there. (laughs) And it would be you. And you might be in a nicer environment. But you still live in the same space on the inside of yourself. And in your mind, you might change countries and continents, but you're still there. It's still you. You don't just live out here, you live in here. And no matter what you've got, it won't make you somebody else. Oh, but being in Christ will make you somebody else. Oh, hallelujah. Being in Him will make you somebody else and if you got him you got everything you need to be content and in that case you can handle stuff and have things and use them and enjoy them how many know you can't enjoy a new car like it could be enjoyed unless you're right with the Lord unless you're in his will How many know you can enjoy a new house like nobody can enjoy it if you're right with God? And if you're in His plan and in His will. And if you're not right with Him, 90 houses and 100 cars can't make it right. What is covetousness? It's longing for something. It's loving something. It can't be satisfied without it. And it's not okay. Go to Ephesians 5. Let's see something else that uh, covetousness is. Covetousness is a serious, serious thing. The New Testament warns us. It says flee from idolatry. Run from it. Flee from it. And as we read this, you'll begin to see how serious it is if you hadn't seen it before. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And down about verse 5. He said, For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man. Boy, that's some bad company, isn't it? (laughs) Is being covetous as serious as being an unclean person and a whoremonger? Is it? It is. It's right in the same company. A covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. A covetous person is what? An idolater. Go to Colossians, the third chapter please. Just over a couple of pages. Past Philippians to Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. How many know and understand the most precious things are not on the earth? The most precious things you can't buy with money. Verse 2, set your affection on things above. You know, we spent weeks and weeks on this a while back. Usually when you see the word covet, It's telling you not to. But there is an occasion where it tells you to covet. We were on it for weeks. Do you remember? Covet earnestly the best gifts. It's not okay to love cars and love houses and love money and love stuff. It is okay to long for, reach for, covet the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. The manifestation of the presence of God, the miracles of God, the glory of God. It is okay to covet that. He said, uh, set your affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life? What's our life? Who's our life? You know, Jesus warned a man in the gospel accounts. He said, uh, Take heed, beware of covetousness, because a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things he possesses. What's our life? It's not things, it's not money, it's not stuff. Christ is our life. He's our life. When he shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, Inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and what? Covet, bad company again. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Say that out loud a time or two with me. Covetousness, which is idolatry. What is covetousness? We know it's loving stuff. We know it's longing for stuff. Can't be satisfied and content without the stuff. But also, what else is it? Idolatry. Idolatry. You remember your Ten Commandments? The First Commandment and the Tenth Commandment are actually connected when you understand this. What's the First Commandment? You'll have no other gods. No other gods. And then he goes on to talk about it. And you know it has to do with idolatry. But then the last uh, commandment, thou shalt not covet. Don't covet your neighbor's wife or house or donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. What does that mean? Don't long for it. Don't let yourself desire it. And here we see covetousness is idolatry. What did... uh, God's people in the Old Testament get in trouble for again and again and again. What ruined their life in the things of God? What opened the door for their enemies to come in and destroy them and enslave them? Idolatry. Worshiping, loving, giving sacrifices to, praying to, looking to things other than God. God. And so many times people think, well, that was a real problem they had in the past. But, you know, we don't have too much trouble with it. Hey, there are millions today that are praying to rocks. And bowing down to statues. But among believers, we can see this. Is idolatry an issue? Covetousness is idolatry. We must not let ourselves long after something. More than we do God. Look with me in. uh, Let's see. Go to Matthew. How about it? Matthew the 26th chapter. And also find John 12. So we can turn right from one to the other. Matthew 26. And then John 12. We studied earlier. The situation where. Where. Lazarus' sister brought this expensive offering and gave it to Jesus. And he received it. And we see that, you know, we're answering the question, Would Jesus wear a Rolex? Well, we know he received some very expensive personal gifts. Because there were no watches in his day. But we know he had expensive clothes. We know he received expensive gifts on this occasion. And yet... Judas became very upset about it, and really the other disciples chimed in, joined in with him, and said, this was a terrible waste. Look at Matthew 26, 26 and down about verse 6, Matthew 26, 6. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came to him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious, or some translations say very expensive, John says expensive, ointment, and poured it on his head. He said it meet. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. They said, To what purpose is this waste? Now, I'm sure they didn't fully realize what they're saying, but they're saying to give it to Jesus was a waste. To pour it out on him was a waste. Now, was it true? Or was it that they thought more of the money than they did him? Now, as we get into this, you're going to see how ugly this stuff is. And yet, how much hypocrisy is involved in people that are talking about, They're talking about, we ought to do this for the poor. Oh, they shouldn't have spent that money on that. Oh, they could have sold that and give that to the poor or put that in the gospel. And when you hear it, I'm telling you, friend, red flags ought to go off. The people that talk like this, they are judge. We've already saw this last week. They're judges. They're not doers. They're hypocrites. Notice, this ointment might have been sold for much And given to the poor. If you read John's account. We figured it was somewhere around 15. Could have been as much as 25,000. And given to the poor. Now hold that place. And go to John 12. And I want to remind you. The reason we're turning here. Is because John said it. And Matthew didn't record it. But in John 12. And verse 4. Then said one of his disciples. Judas Iscariot. Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone, leave her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you. But me you have not always. Now keep that in mind. Judas is upset. Isn't he? Why is he upset? Now if you listen to what he said. You might think he's upset. Because the poor are not getting something. But did the poor have to do without so this woman could give this to Jesus? Is it taking this away from the poor? Yet people try to make it that way. It's a lie. We all have the same source. The poor, the rich, everybody in between has the same source. The same God. People don't like to hear it. They don't like to look at it. But it's the truth. And because people have stuff. Or a lot of stuff. Or nice stuff. That does not mean the poor can't have their needs met. And the woman didn't want to give this to the poor. She was not debating. She was not vacillating. Do I give it to the poor? Or do I give it to Jesus? Do I give it to the poor? No. No. She's not confused. She knows what she wants to do. But Judah says, ah, ah, man, this could have been sold for $20,000. And we could have given it to the poor. Now keep reading in Matthew 26. Are you still there? Matthew 26, verse 10. Jesus understood it. He said, why trouble you the woman? She has wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor always with you. But me you have not always. For in that she has poured disointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. Then, are you there in verse 14 now? Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests. And said to them, what will you give me? How much will you give me? And I'll deliver him to you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Now, hold that place. Go to First Thessalonians, please. First Thessalonians 2. And 5. 1 Thessalonians 2, 5 says, For neither at any time used we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. A what? A cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The NIV says, you know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. The Jewish Bible says, nor did we put on a false front to mask greed. Two or three different translations says, we did not use words to cover up greed. A cloak To cover covetousness. Let's examine this now. Judas is upset. He's angry. He's indignant. Remember this, friends. You don't get upset about what you don't care about. If you don't care about it, you're not going to get mad. You're not going to get upset. If he didn't care about the money, if he didn't care about the gift, if he didn't care about the deal, he would have yawned and said, well, okay, whatever. She's doing something. But we can go through and see what he didn't care about and what he did. The Bible tells us. When the Bible takes time, the Holy Ghost had recorded to tell us specifically he did not care about the poor. We know he didn't care about Jesus, right? We know he didn't. If he'd have cared about Jesus, it would have blessed him that his master was being honored. Wouldn't it? That Jesus is being honored, that Jesus is being blessed. It would have blessed him. He would have rejoiced in it. So he do not care about Jesus. We know ever more increasingly he doesn't care about Jesus. We see these two connected in Matthew. That he was so bent out of shape over this deal. He went straight to the religious leaders. And asked them if they'd give him money. So you can see already. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't care about Jesus. He's talking about giving to the poor. But the Bible said he doesn't care about the poor. So what does he care about? What's he so upset about? I know it sounds too simple. But it's all about the money. It was always about the money. It was only about the money. People try to make it something else. But he wanted that money. Why did he get upset? This is specifically why he got upset. When he heard the alabaster box break. And he saw the expensive perfume gush out. Now it's too late. The Bible said, he said this, this could have been sold and given to the poor. Not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the bag. And he carried what was put in the bag. And he can't steal it until it gets in the bag. (laughs) And when the box breaks and the perfume flows... It's too late. Now, it can't be sold and the money can't go in the bag and he can't get to it. That's what he's upset about. Oh, come on, can you see this? That's, it's about the money. He longed for money. How many know it's increasingly clear that once this, on the heels of this situation, he sneaks off and goes to the leaders and asks them about money. What's he got on his mind? Money. money. He wants that money. He's hungry for money. He loves money. Or whatever he thinks he can buy for himself with it. Oh friend, do you see this? Yes, sir. He's longing for it. He wants it. But now, people know that that's wrong. They know it's wrong. So what do they do? He's not going to say, Oh man, if you'd have sold it, I could have got some of that money myself. (laughs) Oh man, if all that money could have been sold and put in the bag, and I could have pocketed that money. He ain't going to say that. So what does he say instead? That could have been given to the poor. He's using a pretend care for the poor to cover his covetousness. Now friend, this is about as low as a person can go. What do you mean? Pretending you care about somebody as a cover for your greed. And old friend, it's too too common. There is a thing. And I know you'll know it when I start to describe it. It's a phony sweetness in church and among church people and among Christians. Just, just too sweet. You might know what I'm talking about. And trying to come across... Like we care about these people. And they don't care. They don't care. Now, friend, when you when you act try to act like you care to cover a ugly, selfish motive, you are yielding yourself to the devil. I'll prove it to you. We're here talking about what Judah said. Turn right over to the uh, 13th chapter of John. If you're still holding that, if not, find it. John 13. Wonder about these people today that are hollering about what other people should do with their money. How they could sell that and give it to the poor. Why would they be so worked up about it? Why would they be so upset? What is it that they care so passionately about? The money, the money, they want it, and you've got it, and they want it, and it particularly chafes the devil when preachers have it, or people of God have it, oh, 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 and particularly people that don't serve God and don't believe in God and refuse to walk by faith, oh man, it chafes them. To see believers have it. And they don't have it. Because see the devil tries to tell people. If you want to have success in the world. Go with him. If you want riches. Go with him. Yeah man if you want the new car. If you want the big house. If you want the money. Go with the devil. (laughs) And when all they've got. Is woes and pain and death. And they see you with the new car. Oh. Oh. Oh, Oh, you ain't supposed to have that. You ain't supposed to have it. But they don't care about you. And they don't care about the poor. They care about the money. And they use this feigned, Oh, you're supposed to be holy. You're not supposed to have all that. Oh, you're supposed to help the poor. They are covering their covetousness with a fake, phony Love, so called, for the poor. Oh friend, it's a disgusting thing. Can you see what I'm talking about? I mean, it is an abominable thing. Because it is mocking the love of God. It's mocking the great compassion of the Master. Look at this in John 13. John 13. And about verse 21 When Jesus had thus said he was troubled in spirit, he testified, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you that one of you shall betray me. See, at this point Judas has already gone to them, already agreed with them for the 30 pieces of silver. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting or wondering of whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. We know that was John. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, beckoned to John, that he would ask Who it should be of whom he spake. Because John was so close to Jesus. His head is right here. (laughs) He could just real privately whisper to him. Who is it? Which one is it? He lying on Jesus breast he said to him. Lord who is it? Jesus answered he it is to whom I shall give a sop. When I have dipped it. They are all eaten together. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus to him, that you do, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spoke this to him. For some of them thought because Judas had to bag that Jesus said to him, buy those things we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. See, Jesus did this. See, when Judas is hollering about, this could have been given to the poor. He's the very one Jesus had sent before to help the poor. Such a hypocrite. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Now, I want you to notice something here, and this is this is so important. You don't mock the love of God without serious consequences. Judas is mocking Love for the poor. And then going out selling out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He's sitting there at the table with Jesus as one of his closest friends. Jesus dips some bread in the oil. And he hands it to Judas as a friend. As a close friend. And Judas receives it like oh thank you. Yeah like I'm your buddy. I'm your friend. And the Bible said when he received it. Acting like he loved him. And all the while planning to sell him out. The Bible said what? Satan entered into him. See friend, acts can yield to spirits. You can do an act that will yield to the Holy Spirit. But you can also do acts of hypocrisy. Acting like you love And you're a liar and a deceiver. And the act, somebody trying to be a friend to you, somebody loving you. How many know there was not one bit of pretension in what Jesus did with him? How many know Jesus did love him? And Jesus was doing this in genuine friendship and love. And he did it pretending like he was also Jesus' friend and loved him. But he did not. And when he did that, the devil got in him. The devil came right in. I mean, he's obviously yielding to thoughts about the devil, but at this point, the devil came in him. And how many know how this thing ended up? Not long after this, Jesus went out in the garden to pray, you know. A place that was special to him. And private to him where he could get along, get quiet. And Judas knew about it. And he told the enemies that hated Jesus about this spot. And he led them to it. And he told them, I'll show you who's the one. And how did he do it? He went to him and kissed him like a beloved friend. And Jesus looked at him and said, you betray me with a kiss? Now don't lose sight of what we started talking about. What did our text say? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which while some have coveted for after they've erred from the faith. Now it's hard for us to realize this is a man Jesus handpicked after praying all night. Jesus picked this man. And you know Jesus didn't miss it. And how many know, in the beginning days of him being with Jesus, he thought he was one of the most blessed men on the planet. He thrilled to the teachings he heard. He thanked God. He gloried in the miracles that he saw. He thought it was the most wonderful thing in the world. What happened? What happened? When did he change? Why did he change? How I many of somebody could change in the presence of Jesus? Physically. They can sure change in the presence of anybody else. And it doesn't matter that you've seen miracles. It doesn't matter that you've heard amazing things. We have not acknowledged how serious the temptation of money and stuff is. And every one of us in here have coveted. I can look back over my life specific time. I remember when I was 13. I coveted a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. (laughs) I'm ashamed of it to this day. I mean, I got mad because I thought I wasn't going to get it. I got upset. It is not okay. It's idolatry. It's loving something more than you love the Lord. I remember years later, I called myself believing for a car, and somebody else, a friend of mine, had one, and I coveted that car. What do you mean? I longed for it. And if you look back over your life, there have been things you coveted. It's not okay. It's ugly. I said, it's ugly. And if you yield to it, it can take you away from faith. It can take you away from God. And how many understand Judas followed it away from God? I mean, no wonder he got upset about 300 pence. He was willing to sell Jesus out for 30 pieces. No wonder he got upset about that money. And then he takes this sop, acting like he's Jesus' friend. He goes and kisses Jesus. How hypocritical can you get? But just a few hours later, he comes back in with the money. He says, I've betrayed innocent blood. They say, well, that's your problem. He threw it at them. And he was so grieved. What did the Bible say? Which while some have coveted after this love of money. They've gone away from the faith. And they pierced themselves through with many sorrows. He was so tormented. He was so vexed. He couldn't stand to live. He went and hung himself. Awful. Awful. So what about these folk today? That are judging other people. About what they should be doing with their money. And about what they should be doing for the poor. It's covetous. Why? If they didn't care about it. They wouldn't be concerned. Wouldn't bother. You do not get worked up. Over something that doesn't matter to you. Over something you don't care about. And what is it that people really care about? They care about the money. They try to cover it. With a cloak. That oh we care about the gospel. We care about the poor. But they don't. They care about the money. You can hear by the way people talk about amounts. Did you hear? They paid 50000 thousand. Fifty? How much? 50000 So what means a lot to them? 50000 They revere it. They revere the amount. They worship it. They long for it. They want it. They know it's wrong. So they won't say it. They won't admit it. They cover it up with this false care for the poor. Somebody say, not me. I I refuse to be like that. The Bible said... In Proverbs 19, you don't have to turn there, but it says a poor man is better than a liar. You don't have to be poor, but it'd be better to be poor than to be like that. But thank God you don't have to be either one. <laughs> you don't have to be broke or covetous. You can love God. I said you can love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. All your strength. What about stuff? What about money? It's just stuff. It's just money. Stand up on your feet. Say it out loud. I love God. I love people. I I don't love money. I don't don't long long for what others have. have. I don't love love things. things. I love God. And I love people. people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Pray a little bit about this. Oh Father we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Pray this out. Close your eyes and pray this out loud with me. Father God. God. forgive Forgive me. For coveting. Anything, Anything that anybody else had. Anybody else had. Forgive, me Forgive me for longing for, for, longing for money. money or things, or things. stuff. stuff. You, are you are my life. Show me what covetousness is. Me what covetousness is. Alert, me Alert me to it in my own life, in my own, in my own, thinking. In my own thinking, and I purpose. To put it away from me. And have no part in it. Forgive me. For ever pretending. To care about people. When it was covering my covetousness. Oh I'd abhor it. I want no part of it. Help me. To live in such a way. That I'd be far from it.